This is a Beggy Sisa podcast. She became very irritable and aggressive. I realized she was mentally disturbed. Traditional healers showed a willingness of working with biomedical practitioners. There are fears and suspicions about engaging with a health service because it's stigmatized, because it may be seen as a person's been bewitched. Hello and welcome to this edition of our podcast. I'm Mia Malan. The relationship between traditional healers and Western medicine is complex. It's one that often involves a lack of trust. But a recent study from rural KwaZulu-Natal suggests that when traditional healers and nurses and doctors work together on psychiatric illnesses, they can have success. Our reporter Gavin Fisher travelled to Vilindlela to find out more. The report is voiced by Maseho Rachlacha. What I noticed was that my daughter was neglecting to bath herself. When Makosi Kaba recalls her daughter becoming unwell, her eyes looked down, her powerful face haunted by the memory. Another thing was that she became very irritable and aggressive, scolding her kids. I realized she was mentally disturbed, which made me very sad. During this episode, when my daughter was sick, she even attempted suicide. Makosi lives in Gwampande, part of Vulindlela. The area was the focus of the new study, connecting healers with doctors. Traditional healers reacted positively. They showed a willingness of working with uh, biomedical practitioners. Um, and, uh, Elliot Makatini is a mental health nurse who did the project's outreach. He's worked with traditional healers in the area for over 30 years and says they are needed to fill a gap in the formal health sector. The problem in the community, we've got clinics, we've got nurses, but they don't have time to talk to patients. A lot of patients are being missed. So we believe that traditional healers can play a crucial role. This role doesn't use healers' skills with medicines or their powers to divine from the ancestors. Rather, Elliot says, the important factor is the time they spend with their community. The healer does not need to divine. There are other things that you will discover only when you start talking to someone. They also need to be empowered. They need to be taught about the symptoms of these conditions. This is exactly what the study did. 50 healers were trained to know what to look out for, though only 15 ended up sending patients. In six months, traditional healers identified almost 150 people, a third of whom were eventually diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder. This was more successful than clinics in the area. Eight local clinics were also visited by the study team to help them identify patients with psychosis and refer them to the study. At the same time, traditional healers identified 150 people. The clinics referred nobody at all with psychotic symptoms. Identifying people with psychosis in the the best of circumstances is not easy. The study's lead author is Jonathan Burns, who is now a professor of psychiatry at the University of Exeter in the UK. To have a third of the people referred to us actually having a psychotic disorder was definitely regarded as a success. Professor Burns says that not only were the healers more successful than the clinics, 
they were also better than a written survey that was used, which allowed people to self-report their symptoms. He believes this is because they are trusted. This is an important quality in communities, with the stigma around not only mental health, but also the idea of engaging with non-traditional medicine. There are fears and suspicions about engaging with a health service because it's stigmatized, because it may be seen as a person's been bewitched or they haven't fulfilled a traditional responsibility or ritual, which does make this population a difficult population to engage. And so perhaps this Despite seeing the referrals from traditional healers as a success, Professor Burns says the study has limitations for impacting on a wider scale. He says the process of gaining the confidence of healers and empowering them to refer patients is a lengthy and expensive one and would need government funding. I think that the success of such a program, if one was to try to implement it throughout a health service or throughout a region, would really require a lot of leadership and top-level support to integrate this into perhaps a broader primary care policy framework from the health department. Back in Guampande, where Makosi Kaba lives, there's a gathering of local healers who were involved in the study. They stamp their feet and clap their hands, their voices connecting them to their ancestors. Makosi's daughter was one of those who was referred as part of the project. She was eventually diagnosed and treated for severe depression and psychosis. The person who referred her was her own mother, as Makosi is a traditional healer in this community. I felt bad not being able to treat my daughter because I can't make pills to get rid of the voices in her head. But when I took her to the research team, that meant she was given the appropriate treatment. While it may seem to diminish the power of traditional healers, Makosi says the study made her work feel more, not less important as she was a big part of getting effective treatment for members of her community. She also believes it has changed how local people see mental illness. People in this community do look down upon those who appear to be mentally disturbed. That is why I decided to collaborate with the doctors. That has assisted a lot because people believe in us as healers so are willing to get help. I'm happy the doctors and the traditional healers can work together so we can both improve and grow. The power of the healers in Vulindlela extends far beyond their rousing song. In the end, their work helped 44 psychotic patients receive vital care. That report was voiced by Masejo Rachlacha and produced by Gavin Fisher. The sound production was done by Darren Taylor and Danny Boyson, and the full study mentioned in the report can be found in the April 2018 edition of the Schizophrenia Bulletin. Until next time, I'm Mia Malan. This was a Pegasus podcast.